0: Axons G'day everyone, my name's Robbie Turner. Welcome to another Ripper episode. I think it's going to be a Ripper episode anyway of Axons Unleashed. I've got a great special guest, guest here with me, um, veteran himself, of course, going to be able to share his story. Carl Swantis, buddy, how you, ta- how you been so far today? Good to have
1: you on us. Mate, Robbie, glad to be here. I've uh, been super excited to, to get stuck into this.
0: Yeah, mate. You're coming to uh, Five Star Reviews is your current sort of brand that you've got up and running now. And I know you have. I, you and I have gone back and forth on a few things. But also, I know you are, um, when you're not doing your Five Star stuff, I, I wasn't sure how you're going to turn up today from a dress and bearing perspective. But from when <laughs> I've seen you on social media, you are by far the most handsome and best dressed veteran, I think, that's in business right now, especially when you've got your jewellery brand rocking
1: on, brother. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the three-piece suit is definitely a unique point of difference, especially in, in our climate and our heat. <laughs>
0: Mate, good on you. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to sharing your story with you. Like you and I both yep. said, we're pretty rolling into this reasonably cold, which is the way I love it. It's unleashed for a reason. It's non-scripted, unscripted, yep. whatever you want to call it. But I guess, you know, we'll sort of follow, follow the flow there about, you know, who you are, why you know where, where you grew up, why you joined the military, your time in the military. You know, you're another success story, mate, of being a veteran business owner who has, you know, no doubt found your feet. You've flourished in the business world. And I know that, you know, many, many ve- people that are – Listening right now, that are still in Carl or think or have recently got out, that would love to be able to start their own business one day. Less you and I Mm. talk about, quite frankly, how fucking hard it is to run a business. But when the penny drops and you do start to get a bit of momentum, it's a fully exciting ride, yeah? 100%, buddy. Good on you, mate. Tell us, and this is something I don't know where did you grow up and sort of give us about, uh, give us a story about why you joined the military and when that happened and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's a funny story. Like, I'm in a Brizzy boy, you know, through and through. I, I've travelled the world and, I, and I've got lots of family overseas, but uh, born and raised here in Brisbane, Australia. Um, and I think we really are in the lucky country. This, you know, like I said, I've travelled a lot and there's no other place I'd want to live than, than here. Uh, I, my my first introduction to the to the army was... Uh, well, my uh, family heritage, and, and you kind of got an inkling from that, from the name Schwantis, which yes. is kind of German, very, very German. Love it. Uh, when you look at it. So so uh, my father has uh, a set of military swords from my great-grandfather uh, who was in the army, albeit for the other side. Uh, so, and I grew up with this image of seeing, you know, this picture of my great-grandfather with, with these swords. And so I think somewhere along the line, I had this kind of, you know, uh, indoctrination of, of that kind of military. But uh, at school, I decided to join the good old army cadets. And I thought, you know, hey, this was, uh, this looks like a, a bit of fun. Uh, you know, rose up through the uh, the ranks, so to speak, and, uh, you know, ended up with uh, being a, a cadet under officer. Lovely. Uh, and uh, I remember sort of, you know, seeing one of these big sort of, you know, pitch art uh, tents, you know, back in the day. And, and you know, the, the army slogan back then was, this is the edge. I, don't I, know that you I remember, remember that. it well what what yeah, year
0: right. are we talking here buddy Take me take me to a time frame
1: uh that would have been 96 right eh? yep 96 so yes I am that old uh so uh you know and i thought hey you know that was cadets was fun you know surely this will be the same thing mm. uh, it w- it wasn't no nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, get, I can remember our last two weeks uh down at the uh, mildew state forest uh, down there and and uh, it had rained for the last uh 12 or the 14 days we where our Bush and you know the commandant comes around in his bone jacket, saying, "Hey boys, having a lot of fun." It's like, yeah, uh, peachy. And I think, yeah. I think back then you you had to have a sense of humor, otherwise you cracked. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, getting twenty, you know, getting two to four hours sleep a night for two weeks was was certainly a lot of fun. But you know, you had some good mates that I'm that I'm still mates with uh, to this day. That you know, you went through that experience together.
0: I was just thinking, at least that was a. That's probably one of the real things about cadets that does happen in military life, be it in training or ops or whatever, that you do spend lo- long periods of time out in the elements and Mother Nature yep. in. And, um, you know, it, it's just funny how it is that, that if you're going away for two weeks, that'll be the wettest fucking two weeks of that month that you're there. <laughs> so Murphy's Law strikes a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, babe, it pretty was. And I remember like, you know, graduating and it was like, uh, I remember like on the core preferences, there was, uh, I think I at the time I wanted to do armoured, then uh, int, uh, and then artillery, and then somewhere like down all the way down the bottom of my preferences was army. And uh, what I ended up becoming was a, a Ford observer. And what's the first thing they do a Ford observer? See that hill up there? <laughs> we need cool. you to we need you to go and take your stuff for a couple of days, you'll be up there. You yeah. know, which was which was quite funny. But I, lo- I loved all that stuff. I love the camaraderie. I love that like who doesn't love the guns, mm. you know, and, and and the blowing shit up from a long way away. Yeah. So I, honestly, if you've ever been up on a hill with a pair of binos, you know, calling in and and you know artillery is, is such a buzz. You know, hearing that round whistle over over your head was was, was honestly a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, you and I share some some similarities there, mate. Um, having having joined the Royal regiment myself as a young digger in junior NCO to senior NCO, and then when I commissioned across the captain, I've I basically went and raised the JTAC capability down at Two Commando. So yeah, um, having done many years on the act, on, on the hill as an FOAC and then have, getting the opportunity to do it myself as the FO, like you like you rightly say. How was life for you um, after Duntroon, Did your ROBC? How was life for you as a junior officer in, in artillery? Cause it's pretty doggy dog, quite frankly, isn't it? It's not a, it's not a, it's not no place for a timid soul. Put it that way.
1: No, you had your, you know, you had your fellow subbies and uh, you know, I actually. that, you know, that's one of the things I almost miss most uh, these days is the old dining and nights. Of course, oh, I yeah. think things are a lot, I think things are a lot different these days. I think there's certain things that you can't do that we used to do back in the old days. That's just but, like, no, life in general. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, so no, it was, it was a, it was a lot of fun. I ended up spending, uh, it was 10 years at the time. Um, you know, went through my last posting was at the Divisional Joint Force Headquarters here at Inogra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, as a captain, you're the most junior, junior rank there. Um, Making and all remember, day. <laughs> yeah. And you, I still remember these, like the briefing and you got like, uh, you know, you, you really develop a, a great appreciation for the for the other services you know, like you had the air force guys and they were like, yeah, sir, you know, we don't want it. That's not convenient to come in from here. And we, you know, this and that, and then you get the SAS boys come in and go, sir, you want that? No problem. We'll take that. How about that? Should we take that? Yep. All right. And those two, while we're there, yep. you learn pretty, you learn pretty quickly. It's easier to teach those guys how to call in fire support than for me to do their job. Mm.
0: Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I I um did some time down at special ops headquarters and that's reasonably joint headquarters as well and certainly down at jock anyway you just walk down a different set of stairs and boom you know the whole rest of the military's there i love working in a joint environment you know that 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 jointery that we talk about um trying to do things by yourself is obviously not going to be the case you need the navy you need the you need the air force Mm. and you know everyone's sort of working together i loved having the opportunity of just exploring other people's Mm. bits that they bring to the overall sort of show there and and, and until you work in a a joint headquarters as opposed to just single service or single core or even single brigade you just don't get that that awareness
1: so so for me the uh i guess and you i don't know whether you know this about me but uh, my wife and i actually had four kids under two shit i'm sorry to hear that (laughs) so you know i kind of i kind of put it down to that kind of overachiever uh, kind of mindsets, like pe- some people went, oh, I want four kids over eight years. They said, screw it. I'm going to do it in under two. That uh, <laughs> no, was, wasn't was the intention. But, you know, at, th- at that time, there was an opportunity to go on a deployment to Iraq. Uh, but, you know, the, the idea of leaving my wife at home with four kids under mm. two is, would have probably been a marriage end The end of you, so, yes. yes. Uh, yeah. So that that was, for me, the lynch point to kind of uh, start embracing a, a new change. And uh, we had the family business, which was the, the diamond business. Uh, and so I guess I was lucky, probably luckier than than most, uh, is that made the, the, the change really super easy because I had that kind of thing to come into. And then from there, I just did all of my qualifications, you know, became Mm. a qualified diamond grader, gemologist, valuer. Um, and that was taking us all the way up till about, uh, so enlisted in 96 and then got out in 2006, which is when the triplets were born. Mm. Um, and, and then that you know spending the time in the diamond business probably took me up to about uh, well 2020 when covid hit yeah and you know when you're in a diamond business and pretty much 90% of what you do is engagement rings and wedding rings and the government comes out and bans weddings <laughs> yes they did not a not a great business to be in so we pretty much at that time lost 97% of our revenue for for 8 weeks Oof. And I can I can I can honestly tell you that was like really dark days. You know, like I had everybody that was like lead flow uh from the front end that basically just ghosted us, uh, which understandably like you know, it was a stressful time, nobody knew what was happening, but instead of people responding, their 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 response was just to kind of go silent. Mm. Um all the clients that we'd had completed work for uh did the same thing. So, you know, couldn't get any money in, which is the life cash flow is you know, the lifeblood of any business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had suppliers on the other side saying, hey, you know, all that stuff you, we sold you about a month or two ago, we need the money. Yeah. And and, and, and and if you don't give us the money, we're going to start suing, which was like, uh, you know, and when you're dealing with things like diamonds, we're not talking about small amounts. There were lots of zeros. Mm. Um, so I had I got put into this position where it was kind of a case of do or die. And it was kind of like your back's against the wall and you've got to come up with some other way to make money because the current one is just dead in the water. And so I looked at, yeah, I kind of started looking at the numbers and it was kind of like, well, where are our clients coming from? Because ultimately, if you could find out where your clients or existing clients had come from, that's a great place to start looking to get new clients. And what what I found was, and at that point, I I think I was pretty clueless. You know, that's that kind of ignorant bliss. Where you know you're just carrying along and business is good, but you just don't know where it's coming from. So what I found was that in the year previous, we'd had 173 clients come to us from our Google reviews, and that was like more than three sales a week, uh, which translated to more than a million dollars in top line revenue. Yeah,
0: awesome. And
1: And I thought, and I thought, holy shit! Like here was this kind of like revenue that was coming in, and we were just totally you know, uh, unaware of. Unaware, yes, yes. And, and, and so I started going down this rabbit hole and I tell you what, it has been an amazing rabbit hole, but I started teaching other people how to do what it is that we do, uh, in their business so that they could actually, um, you know, start generating more Google reviews. And for my first program, I sold 25 people into my first program for an, an a net revenue of 25 grand for a program that I hadn't even committed, uh, uh you know, started so like it was just it was that ability like i said you know you got to come up with some way and and that's what i did and then i basically created it as i as i was doing it so i think a piece of advice i give to a lot of people looking to make that transition and to 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 start something is don't wait which is again a a thing of mine i'm a bit of a perfectionist don't wait till you got all your ducks in a row uh you know go out there sell it first and then, you know, find out how you're going to actually deliver and execute on it later.
0: The old 80% solution now is better than 100% solution never. Yeah. Love it, mate. Yeah. And do, do you reflect on some of the skills, attributes, characteristics of being an Army officer that sort of helped you through some of that? I th- I Probably subconsciously. So. Like, I, I,
1: yeah? yeah, I think so. I think I think you've got to have the drive. I think you've got to have the drive, the grit, the determination, the the ability when, when the shit's hitting the fan just to kind of, you know, bunker down and, and just get on with it. Um, and, but also have this unrelenting uh, kind of pursuit of information excellence and, and to try and just be the best. Uh, and, and as I was spending the next 12 months, 18 months kind of extracting the IP uh, as to why I do, how I do what I do, um, you know, the, the thing has just grown. Like you think that what I do is teach you how to get Google reviews, but it's actually created so much more. Uh, it's about uh, staff retention and attraction. You know, people want to go and work for other people with great online reputation. So I, I'm hearing all the time people saying, "I just can't find good employees." The truth is, and you know, to use a Tinder analogy, the truth is is that everyone's swiping left on your business. I think that's the right way, isn't mm, it? is not it left? I don't know, mate. Probably like you. I
0: I. I I side side swiped side swipe <laughs> pun intended. I side swiped that element of life, and my, me yeah. and my wife got together before that really exploded. I've never had yeah. an online uh, dating pro, profile. No. So
1: I think it, I think it's left. So the thing is that people are just not even uh, approaching your business to ask for an interview. It's because they've looked at your online reputation, and whether it's a millennial thing, I don't know. But what I do know is that more and more people today are writing reviews than they've ever done before. Agree. So it should come as it should come as no surprise that if more and more people are writing reviews, that more and more people are also reading. reading reviews. Yep. You know? So what I've seen, and I guess I one of the things I love about what I do is it's it's that kind of case of perspective. It's about looking at things from a different angle. Uh, because true uh, perspective can never come from the position you're standing. Mm-hmm. So what I've seen is over time, I remember back in the old days, the yellow pages ads, you know, mm. like every year it almost seemed to go up a grand or two grand for no other reason than they had a monopoly. And that was the age of print, and it was kind of like, well, how do you track? You know, like you spent two grand on a on a full page ad. Did anyone come? Who knows? Then we then we kind of transition into this space around uh, digital, which was uh, clicks, impressions, you know, click throughs, all of that sort of stuff. Conversions, which, which is yeah. certainly yeah, which is certainly better than than print because you have that metric of being able to track the conversion. But what I see now is that we're moving into an, a new age which is all around uh, reputation marketing. And I, like, I like that too. It, yeah, and, and I talk about reputation-driven revenue. So it's like, how can you make your reputation pay you a dividend? Like you work on it, you know, a reputation, you know, it's the old saying, you know, like it takes 10 years to build a great reputation, but you can destroy it overnight. Yep. Uh, a, a good reputation, a solid reputation takes time to build. And nine, with 90% of people, Uh, using Google these days to look for your products or services. Um, Google reviews is the number one uh, review platform out there. There are others, but they don't have the SEO benefit that a Google review portfolio does. Yeah. So when I look at it, it's like our like for the diamond store, I think we've got like 849 five-star Google reviews now. And it's, it's, it just gets bigger and bigger. It's like, if I said to you, Robbie, like imagine now you're going to put on a team member for your business Okay, it's gonna, they're going to work for you 52 weeks of the year, 24-7. Uh, you don't have to pay them a wage. You don't have to pay any group tax, super, uh, any of the other insurances. And they're going to get better and better every single year. Would you like an employee like that?
0: That'd be handy, wouldn't it? Especially
1: if I don't have to pay them out yeah. of sick
0: leave. That's an in-house Don't have to pay
1: them sick leaves. (laughs) They'll never never, never take a sick day. Uh, But but that's that's what your Google review portfolio will do for you. You know, it's out there and it gets better every year as it grows. Uh, But there's a real window of opportunity what I'm seeing at the moment. There are so many businesses and industries out there where where they haven't really caught on. And the bar to being excellent is actually really low. You know, most people have 10, 20... 30, 40, 50 Google reviews, something like that. Uh, Interestingly, that the average business on Google, now this was a study done by over 2.4 million businesses across 30 different categories, was that they found that the average business on Google had 73 Google reviews. So honestly, out there, if if you've got less than 100, then then you're pretty much below average. Mm. So I find that with our clients, uh, 100 Google reviews is the benchmark, the first one to achieve. And that when people hit that, they generally get a new client every three to four weeks. Uh, When you hit 200 Google reviews, it's usually, you know, a new client every one to two weeks. Um, But the zero dollar cost ad spend is what gets me. The fact that you don't have to pay Google or uh, Facebook these ads that, you know, that they ultimately control the conversion.
0: Love it. Love it. Mate, it's um, it's a really key, would you not agree? It's a really key part of being an astute business owner these days is to understand how the how the um, digital marketing space works, or at least the, the the principles of it anyway. So even if you've mm-hmm. got a top gun digital marketing team like I do have here, but at least you can provide yep. them that direction and guidance because you're aware of what the space is you know, actually happening, what the outcome is we're trying to achieve.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like You as the business owner should understand it. You don't have to be the one doing it, but mm-hmm. you should understand it so that your team can support you uh, and being able to do it. So oftentimes when I'm doing uh, my coaching sessions and I've got a business owner, I'm looking for a practice manager, a 2IC, a VA, or someone like that, that can be in there doing the grassroots implementation of them of it for them. Uh, but it's, I always welcome the business owners to understand the concept and not the, like the 50,000 foot uh, view of why yeah. we're doing this. Uh, and it's because your reputation matters, like you know how you're showing up uh, in the digital space. And the thing is, these Google reviews never go away. They're there forever, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. I've uh, I don't know about you, mate, but I'm I've just uh, and you're probably going to laugh, but I mean it's where the clients are, so you got to go with it, right? Yep. So we just set up a, we just set up a TikTok account. Same. Here. And I've, start- I've done my first bloody f- first few TikToks. Actually, did one yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, mate, So we're just, we're just getting in there as well. But you know, this is this is where people are consuming the content. This is where people are going to kind of find out what is. Uh, the ideal thing. And I use it all the time just for short, uh, snackable piece of information. But there, there is this real thing at the moment where there's this bottom layer, which is that unaware or what I call the ignorant bliss. You know, like it's like you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you kind of move up to that next level where now you start kind of getting a little bit of an idea about what you don't know. Then you the next level up there is where you're actually in the implementation and execution of, of what you're learning. And obviously the top level is mastery where you kind of uh, get that, and I understand. Like for most people in the beginning, this is a weird thing. Like going up and asking someone for a Google review is a bit weird. It's not. It's not part of our everyday vernacular. It's not. It's not something that you do um, at home when you get home. Hey, honey, how how is your day? Can you give me a Google review? Mm. You know, this, like, I'd be interested to, to read some of the Google reviews if we had to rely <laughs> on our spouses for that. But uh, what I know is that in the beginning, when when it, like with anything, when anyone tries something you know, their conversion rate is pretty, pretty crappy. Like it's usually one out of 10, one out of 15, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what I do is I give them all the scripts, the systems, the tools, uh, everything that they need. And, And most people can increase their conversion ratio up to at least 50%. For me, Uh, When I do it, my conversion ratio is usually about 8 out of 10. Mm. So 8 out of 10 people I'll ask will will generally leave me a Google review, but I've done it 10,000 times. Mm. You know, it's that whole mastery concept of doing something 10,000 times. So for me, it's, it's, it's perfectly, you know, normal and just part of what I do. I actually love it. Yeah. Because the, the client client writes, who doesn't love to hear nice stuff about themselves? You know, like yeah. the client's writing yeah. all about how awesome your business is and why they should go. And look, at the end of the day, if
0: a client has had a good experience and you ask them at the right time in the right way, uh, um yes. it's a fucking no-brainer. Like, you know, you you've got it you've got to hit them at the right time in a genuine, authentic manner to, to yeah. ask for that. Like it's 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 one yeah. of those Can it's almost just, like asking yeah. for um, referrals as well. We are we ask yeah. our clients, this is what I say to them. Who else do you know at your workplace that deserves to feel the same way you're feeling right now? They're yeah. like, oh, Mate,
1: actually, get the nail yeah, right, right on the head. Quite, it's, quite a it's, few it's, th- people. It's it's doing the right thing at the, at the right time because doing the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. Yep. Uh, and so the, the 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 term that we use uh, for what we do is it's called the happiness window. Yeah. You got to find the time when the clients at their happiness. Uh, but the interesting thing is, is that uh, where a lot of people just fall down in this is that they just simply don't ask. And I had, a, I had a good friend of mine who was at this local cafe and uh, she was there with some girlfriends. It was their birthday and the business owner came out, the cafe owner came out and, you know, shouted them around her coffees, uh, you know, came out and sang, you know, happy birthday, did all that sort of good stuff. And she was telling me, so it was great. The food was fantastic. You know, the personalized service, you know, the guy came out and I said, that's awesome. I said, did you, did you leave him a good Google review? And she went, oh, no. I go, why? Yeah. You know? It's just like oh I got busy or this and that, but but the truth is that that she, the guy didn't ask. Yeah, you know, and the research shows that about seventy eight percent of people will leave you a Google review if you only ask. So even even if you take nothing out of this session, uh, just ask more people. The more people you ask, the more reviews you'll get.
0: Or as the saying goes, the the answers are hundred percent no of the, no or every every question you don't ask. You know, it's very you rare miss- for people to sit there and go, geez, I had a fucking great experience with this thing. I'm going to give them a Google review. Some people do because some people are into that and that's great. Yep. Uh, but yeah, certainly just planting that little seed and just, just at least seeing if they're open to doing it anyway, it's a bit, a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's funny, mate. I, I did not take very much notice of online reviews, uh, Facebook reviews, Google reviews, like with any of that sort of stuff for for the first couple of years and I was I was ignorant to it as well. But certainly, it's mm. uh, you know, it does form a lot of part of it. Like you know, we ask every single one of our clients, like, how did you hear of us? Like, did someone put you in touch with us, or you know? He goes, oh, I was just searching online. And one guy I spoke to the other goes, I've seen you got heaps of awesome reviews. And if you guys are in the property game and not one person has given you mm-hmm. a shitty review, I want to
1: have a chat. Mm. I'm like, yeah, no brainer. Let's bloody. Why isn't there more people doing yeah. that then? You know, you know, that's funny. Like, I, I every now and then I'll have somebody that comes to me and goes, like, how do you have? 849 five-star Google reviews without any bad ones. Like, oh, they must be fake. And like, dude, you can't you can't have 849 five-star fake. You know, like it, <laughs> it has to be genuine. But what it comes from is, is this unrelenting uh, passion and desire to make sure that the client journey experience is as remarkable as it can be every single time. Without fail. It cannot, it, yep. it cannot be sometimes. You know, they, they did a study a while ago and, you know, are you familiar with the NPS system? Like of NEPA course, of course, mate. We yeah. use it all the time. So, so you know, the, the, here's. A, let, well, let me ask you the question. Like if I was asking you now, like if I, you know, from an NPS point of view, how would you rate yourself, you know, out of one to 10, uh, 10 being like uh, freaking phenomenal, do it every single time. Yeah, Nine is like, it's it's like super good. Like where would, where would you rate yourself?
0: I can tell you exactly what it is as a
1: 9.4 after about 250 responses. Awesome. And that's, I love the fact that you're tracking that. Yeah. Um, what they found was that when clients gave it an NPS score of 9 out of 10, uh, about 50% of them said that they would refer you to a family or friend, but only 35% actually did. Mm. Contrast that with a NPS score of 10 out of 10. Uh, about 97% of people said that they would refer you to a family or friend and 50% actually did. Now the, the the difference between the 97 and, and the 50 isn't as important as the difference between the 35 and the 50 because if you actually look at that, that's about a 30 to 35 percent extra yep. amount of clients. But what that what that shows me is or reinforces to me is that you have to have this kind of mindset that it's all about delivering a 10 out of 10 experience every single time. not sometimes, not most of the time, it has to be every single time. And particularly like you know it is with yourself when you've got team, it's not about you as the business owner being amazing, shit hot, and then the other guy lets the lets the team down. Everybody at the team has to be at that that same level. So that if I come and speak to you today, I get 10 out of 10. If I come and talk to, you know, John O or, whoever's or Frank, that,
0: whoever's got this shirt on, buddy, that's all that matters. Yep. That's you it. you wear yeah, this everybody, shirt. Everybody you
1: represent. Everybody gets the same experience, no matter who they see what time of day it is if it's 5 to 5 everybody gets the same experience
0: you might get a slightly different experience with me on friday friday afternoon at 11 p.m. but it's still yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you're absolutely right, dude. I'm, I'm loving this stuff. I, I can, I can see, and, and those watching on YouTube will be able to see how passionate um, Carl is about, you know, providing you as business owners, if you've already started, or you as wanna be entrepreneurs. This is the shit that you need to get. Like, don't wait two or three years down the track for the penny to drop. Or uh, how many years have you been in business, Carl? You said you got out what 2000 and so 96, 2006. No, 90. so yeah, yep. 96. You got so 2006. You got out. Um, and can I just backtrack just quickly? Was that your family business or your wife's family business that you sort of no, stepped my, into? No, my
1: uh, mum my and dad. Your yeah, mum and dad. Okay, amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and just out of interest, how did they start that? Did they have that business?
1: Uh, well, no, my, both my parents it. left school at about the age of 15. Right. Um. And my my grandfather, who's my father's father, basically you know pulled him out and said, basically you have to go learn a trade. Because yes. being a jeweler is one of those things you can do anywhere in the world. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you can make a ring in Germany, you can do it in England, you can do it in America, you can do it in Australia. So he got he got a trade, learnt you know travelled the world, uh, learning the craft and and um, and you know set up a, a store firstly in Sydney and then they moved up moved up to Brisbane. Yeah. But you know, you touched on a good point before you know. The, what, well, the other thing that I love about what, what I'm teaching people is that it's that real kind of teach you how to fish uh, mm. kind of mentality rather than, you know, uh, pay me a retainer every 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 month kind of thing. The, the whole concept about this is if you think about this as like the front end of SEO and marketing and what, what the web guys do with backlinks and all that stuff is the back end of SEO. This is something that the little guys, anybody can do. Uh, you don't need a... Um, you know, a marketing company, you don't even need a you know marketing degree or anything like that. You could simply go out there and just make a point of, of being remarkable to your clients. Because if you look at the word remarkable, uh, what does it have in it? It has the word remark, mm. which is uh, what, what we're asking people to do is to remark on the experience. So be remarkable, amazing. Go out there, ask it a lot of people for good reviews. You can actually, this is like a David and Goliath story, like you could be the little guy. And take out, you know, some of the big guys. And I see it happen all the time where the little guys come in, they just smash it with the reviews. And one of my favorite sayings from Anthony Robbins was, you know, he, someone asked him once, you know, are you worried about the competition? And he said, nah. He said, by the time they get to where I am, I won't be where they are. Mm, and that. it's like, you, you got an opportunity now to get out in front before the others, before your competition works out what it is that you're doing. Uh, and starts to copy you because everybody like they call it no they don't call it copying what do they call it market research when someone when, when someone copies what you're doing um you've got an opportunity to get out far enough I, I look at some of my competitors and it's like like they've got 20 30 50s even a 100 google reviews'll they'll, they'll never catch me and it's it's too far ahead yeah i I have openly shared. As
0: you know, there's four or five other gentlemen. I don't think there's any ladies doing it, uh, ex-military that are in the property space, similar to what we do. And I've shared my business uh, model and the amount of effort in the in the pursuit of that remarkable um, client experience with two or three of them. And all of them said, without a mutter of a, a delay, why would you want to do so much work? And I was like, yeah. Fucking missing the point. What do you mean? <laughs> like, it's got, and this is, I'm, I'm more, more than happy to share this with you in an open in an open uh, forum. Over the last two years, especially, and certainly the market has helped here because the market's doing very well. 70%, 7-0, Carl, of all of our clients. And these are clients building half a million dollar properties plus. We're flirting with their financial future. It takes 18 months to build the house. There are some ups and downs and delays and fucking finding tenants and insurances and whatever else. Seventy percent of all of our business has either been through direct referral or repeat customers. Now, like it's phenomenal, we've not spent one dollar on marketing this whole year. And mm. that's a brand, that's a reputation, that's a referral source, that's a remarkable client journey, mate. It's something I'm incredibly proud of. I'm not bragging here. I'm com- complimenting what you're talking about yep. from a review. And so, you know. And it, at the end of the day, I could have 5,000 Google reviews on there and I want to get to that point one day, but I want yep. more people using our services based on referral or repeat. That's what. That's the mm. bottom line revenue really, isn't it? Mm. So
1: mate, I, I know yeah. that things that you're doing are sort of really complimenting that as well. Mm. The, the, that's often a thing that I often hear about uh, people who, who love to say, um, and I don't mean this in, in, in that way, but they love to say that I get most of my business through word of mouth. The, the, prob- the problem with word of mouth referrals is that it's probably the least strategic form of marketing that you can do because you need all of these ducks to line up in a certain row. I, I need to be sitting across the, the bar from you at the same time we're sharing a beer and, and I have I have to happen to mention I'm, I'm wanting to build a house and you go, oh, well, that, you know, it just so happens that hey have you checked out Robbie and, and all that stuff. So, so many things, then you give me the details, then I've got to remember that. And I've got to then make it like, there's action. so many things yep. that have to happen for that to happen. Yep. Whereas for me, the, the whole online reputation and the, and the Google stuff is it just happens on autopilot. It's there whenever I'm searching and I'm in that space of looking, mm. you pop up uh, from that. And, and, when someone types this and just this might be an interesting point to backtrack for those just in the beginning phases but when you type a search into google what comes up at the very top is the paid ads Correct. which most people which most people ignore then you have the next section down which is called the map 3 which is all about your local search and that's where you predominantly show up in with your google reviews and your profile and then below that is all of the organic so simply by doing this sort of stuff and focusing on your online reputation you will appear above all of the organic, all the people spending two grand, three grand, four grand a month with SEO companies, you will appear above them, and you can do it all yourself for free.
0: Because Google recognises the review things, yeah. From a credibility perspective, is that what you're saying? In layman's no, terms,
1: no. It, it, a little bit, a little bit. Google looks at us like ants. Okay, we're out there bumping into stuff, going, "Hey, this coffee shop was great. Um, that electrician was awesome." Uh, or don't go to that guy; he's he's terrible. Um, and and so Google makes its money by matching and pairing the best uh, match to what it is that you're looking for with what your query is. Because if I put up this this company that that supposedly is great because they've got a really good back-end strategy, uh, but when I go there, I don't get the experience or the product or the service I want, then I'm going to go, ah, screw this Google stuff. I'm going to go to Bing or something else. So, So for them, it's all about how can I make sure that what the client's looking for is exactly what it is that they get. And they don't, at the moment, uh, have satellites that watch everything we do that we know of. Uh, <laughs> they're not—they're not, they're bloody they're, listing they're not, all the time, aren't they? <laughs> well, I was just about to say that. You know, some some would say that there's a big brother out there, uh, and you have probably had that experience. We—I remember talking about Always. VoIP once, and all of a sudden, I start seeing these VoIP ads, Right. But <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so, so they're relying. Google's relying on you, the client, uh, to rate experience uh, what this business is like. And it then uses that to tailor its algorithm in some part to the search rankings and the responses because they know that if they do that in a better way, you think of their platform as being the best way to find whatever possible solution it is that you're looking for.
0: Yeah, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, ran around a circle it goes. Yeah. Mm. Mate, what are some of the um... What are some of the lessons learned or observations or things that you've gone through? I heard your COVID story, no dramas, but as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as yep. someone who's striving to always have a continuous improvement mindset, like what would you say to young people that are just starting out in business or yep. someone who's serving right now and they're thinking, they're like, fuck, I've had a gut full of being told what to do all the time. This yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, shit has run its course with me. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they want to get out. What's Carl's advice?
1: What's what's the top three things you would you would say to those people? The first thing is to consume uh, knowledge. Uh, one of the things that I do with my team in the diamond store is actually every day I've got a library of books, uh, and every day the team have to take a book from the library, and you know we spend fifteen or twenty minutes reading as a team, Love it. Uh, and then we talk about you know the learnings that we got from the book and how we can apply that to the business. So consume knowledge, whether it's a book, whether it's a podcast, like like this awesome podcast that we're on right now, uh, or it's a um, like an audio book, Uh, start filling your mind with fresh ideas, the latest thinking or whatever, because it'll put you in a space where you start to embrace the creativity of ultimately finding something that you love. You have to love, you've got to have a passion uh, for what it Mm. is that you do. Otherwise it just won't be sustainable. Um, Love that. The next one, the second part is courage, Uh, man. It takes, it takes courage to go out there on a limb and you're going to have to invest some of your moolah to do it and you're going to have to take some risks. Uh, I mean, even for me transitioning to this other business, like, I mean, there was a whole heap of stuff coming from an established business to basically a ground roots business, you know, like all the operational stuff, you know, had to be all set up emails and, you know, CRMs and all of that sort of stuff, you know, so you've got to set up all of that. uh, So, you know, have the courage to take that, that step. Um, and that that ultimately that self belief that mm. you know if if anyone can do it it's going to be you well, it's you know, got to be gotta, you got you got to you got to back yourself a, yeah. and know that that you're going to make it happen.
0: This is the analogy I use. We grab all of our chips in life and we put them on the table and we we're all in as yep. a business owner. There you know there's no no turning back. You know I remember when I badly badly broke my left leg and I was in effectively hospital and a wheelchair for six months. A few months after we started Axon. We can the wheels of the plane came down and touched the runway a few times, month after month after month. And we were just scraping through just that muller that you speak of, the, the cash buffer yeah. that we had got eradicated very quickly. And you know, it was fucked, mate. And I was staring down the barrel of like, what, what am I going to do now? Um, yeah. So it's, but yeah, you've got to have that belief. I, one of the things that the military taught me was the will to win. You know, you, you're, well, not, was, that, you're not going to That was going to kind of,
1: yeah, that was yeah. kind of going to be my third point, which is hustle.
0: Oh, I love it. Sorry,
1: that, that was you about got, five points you made, but this is great. I'll, even better, yeah. you gotta you, you gotta hustle. Yeah, because it's like it, no no one is gonna hand it to you on a silver platter. You know, you you gotta hustle. You gotta put in the time. You gotta do the work, um, and hustle.
0: One thing that you're absolutely right. Um, if you want to transition from an employee, say you're a you're a high ranking employee in a in a business, say you're the op, operations manager, for instance, and you find it that the job is demanding. You've got time away from family. You might be doing a bit of travel for work, whatever it's going to be. If you want to leave that business to start your own business and you think you're going to have more time and more freedom <laughs> and more flexibility as you just laugh in my face, I'm like, fuck, have you got something? That's the. <laughs> have you got something coming that you have not thought about?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, what, it's what all of us, you know, like, there was that old saying that I, I think is quite funny. You know, they, they say that uh, being a business owner is like a walk in the park. Uh, yeah, what no one tells you is it's Jurassic Park. Yeah, do you want to you say? I do know
0: what park you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's like you know, we 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 start a business so that we can have more time, money, and freedom. But the truth the truth is that in the, in particularly in the early days, until you come until you come to that point where you can leverage the leverage the business. So you know, in part, the trans trans um transference from from Zenox Diamonds to Five Star. Was I uh, appointed uh, promoted somebody internally to the position of general manager? Great, uh, you know, so that they can now run that business. I, I I work at Zenox maybe one day a week, and I I pop in and every now and then when they need me for uh, mentoring uh, support and that sort of thing. But the business largely runs on on its own. But I've I've created the the boundaries and empowered the team to operate within those boundaries to kind of deliver the results that that we need, and that's Go. allowed me then to to start the next business uh and grow and, and develop that and then you know uh I'm a, I'm a sucker for punishment so you know maybe when i get that one up and running it's probably there's probably another business there somewhere for mm-hmm. me to do
0: i have not got to that point in my life granted you've been in business longer than i and even though axon recently turned five years old um I've, i still feel so junior so immature still so much to learn and i'm certainly learning a lot of lessons you know even as as we go day, day by day now which is which is brilliant um yeah, that's certainly it's. There's there's so much time and effort and energy. Like, and when you're a business owner, you don't you do don't, don't go home and switch off. It's in here and in here, your head and your heart, twenty four seven, isn't it? You can't yep. you can't switch it off. It's impossible. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, you don't really sort of get get that break. One of the things I've loved about being in business, this is not about money, but it's about the feeling of the business progressing and making revenue and helping people out when you're not directly involved. Like last night, my team presented two properties to two separate clients and I was on another separate call myself. So the business was helping clients and achieving its vision and it's North Star and like you know, and, and therefore making money in, in the meantime as well by providing those services and I'm not directly involved. It's, a, it's almost like as a property investor, when you have your tenant come in and they're now paying the mortgage for you and the property is now paying for itself and you've got that self-licking ice cream, it is a yep. wonderful feeling but it takes a long time to get there. Tell us about your first experience of being able to make money and, and help other people and, and effect, ultimately achieve the business's vision but you weren't actually directly involved in that call.
1: Um, well, firstly, I, I, what I would say is that I'm, I'm a big believer, like whether you call it karma, whether you call it positive energy, whatever you call it, uh, I'm 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 a, I'm a big believer in, in, in and again, this, where well, this is an alignment with the military of, you know, always doing the right thing, the best thing that I can do for our clients. I love going home at night and being able to sleep so well, knowing that, that I've done the absolute best, uh, you know to try and cut a corner or save a bit of money here that's it's, it's not in my kind of nope. you know DNA nope so I think that I always bring that to to the business that I do and it's just like I, I just believe that if I'm doing the best that I can even if I don't maybe make as much money here as what I would have liked to it'll come back to me in some way you know through a referral through Google review does it doesn't really matter yep. um, how it comes back but that I guess that's a philosophy sometimes I'm also a very big believer in, in paying it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, Love that. So I do a lot. Of, I do. I do a lot of charity work for different organisations. So at, at Xenox Zenox, uh, there are two main charities that we support. Which is number one is the domestic violence against women through the Women's Legal Services. Amazing. Uh, and uh, they've got this big. It's actually on this Saturday, which is the Dancing CEOs. Uh, they get twelve CEOs. <laughs> I've heard of S- they get... CEO sleep out, but not dancing no, CEOs this, this is way. This is way funnier. <laughs> if, if you if you, get, if you get a minute, YouTube it. You'll find it dancing CEOs. It's like Dancing with the Stars, but people without talent. Uh, <laughs> and so you see, have these CEOs dancing, and they've got like a whole backup crew. And um, man, last year they raised over half a million dollars uh, on this one event Amazing. on the night. But uh, so we support them um, through uh, prize donations, and I'm also one of the judges. Um, the great. other one that I, the other one that I do is that. Um, is the Starlight Foundation. So for me, the two big uh, causes for me are women and kids, like looking after them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we make a donation from every ring that we sell to the Starlight Foundation. So what I would also say to people looking to transition and start a new business is to look for a purpose that's higher than you. Uh, like what can you do? Yes, serving. What if What if serving your client, you know, wasn't the main thing? You know, so it wasn't just about the, the, the end result that you achieve for the client. What if it wasn't about the commercial reality that you get out of this exchange? What if there was a third thing that you could do, which would be a, a greater impact in the world, mm. you know, like from, from a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy, I, I like that's my, my belief. It's like, how, what else can I do above and beyond the commercial reality, helping the client get what they want and uh, doing something bigger in the world. So for the Google project, what we're doing is that, for every Google review that, that our clients get while we're working together. Because um, what, what, what we believe is that when someone has a great experience, you know, something amazing happens to their face. You know, they smile, uh, they're happy. Uh, so what we said was like, when, when we help a client get a Google review, uh, their clients are smiling. But what if we could make that smile happen somewhere else in the world? So for every Google review that our clients get, um, we uh, donate one day of vocational training to a young girl in the Philippines, to pull their family and themselves out of out of poverty because if you look after in these countries if you look after the women they they you think you're looking after one person but you're really looking after six because mm. they look after the kids the fam, the, yeah. the the husband the partner and all that sort of the stuff. Elderly, so,
0: elderly parents all that stuff. Uh,
1: all, all all of that stuff yeah. so yeah so that would that would be another thing i'd say is like what is the and it, you could it could be your local rsl it could be uh whatever it is it doesn't matter what you choose for you but 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 choose something where, just as the process of you being in business, that you're also doing something good for the world.
0: Yeah, it was something we started about three years ago. Was yeah, fifty dollars for every coaching session that we get booked goes to a veteran charity of their choice. So the client yeah, takes awesome. care of their three forty seven for the coaching session and go right, boom, fifty bucks goes to PTSD Dogs, Commando Welfare Trust, Legacy Mates for Mates, yeah. Soldier on, whatever. We're up over up over forty thousand dollars that we've donated now to all those veteran charities, and you know, as a veteran-owned business, mate, as you are, but with lots of veterans at work in the business as well. Our mission is to empower the defence community to secure their financial future. You know, so yep. sure we help individual clients, and we've just ticked over 150 million dollars of wealth in the defence community. But like, that's my like as a guy who joined when he was 17 and got out when he was 41, 24 and you know odd years in the military. I want to be able to give back to that organisation that effectively almost saved my life. You know, turned me around from a dickhead young kid into just an older dickhead now. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm I'm self self uh, self um, denigrating here. But mate, it's, it's such an amazing feeling when you reach these little milestones and just you know, just allow yep. people, and I ask everyone all the time, I can, can can I only assume that you're happy for us to donate 50 bucks on your behalf? And of course, there's only one answer to that. And again, it yep. just makes them feel amazing. And then, But it's genuine, authentic. Like it's my money, yep. our money that we're now giving to these veteran um, charities. And it does, mate, it, it's, it makes the business worthwhile and the daily grind and the daily updates and the daily mm-hmm. assessments and the briefings and the wins and the losses, it all sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mate, I've loved having you on the show. I think you're a really inspirational um, entrepreneur. You've made it a fan. You're another success story of someone who's been able to, you know, serve their country for 10 years, um, you know, live a crazy life in artillery and now sort of get out and then just basically you're now giving back to the community as a whole. Please, ladies and gents, take it from me. If you need anything from a diamonds perspective, go to Zenix Diamonds. That you guys still in the in the main mall there in Brisbane? Yeah, it's still in the yeah. Queen Street, still on the Queen Street Mall. Yeah, Queen Street Mall. Um, go in there, drop my name, drop drop Carl's name. I'm not going to tell you they're going to give you any sort of discount, but just go in there and identify yourself as a veteran, and you'll be looked after. Um, and 100%. certainly, and certainly, mate. From um, if you're a business trying to get started there, five star reviews. Carl, tell people where 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 can they find you
1: if they want to know more about what you were speaking about the the review stuff, yeah. mate. Tell us about that. So, mate, they can either hit me up on LinkedIn. And the other thing I'll, I'll say is if they, if they reach out to me and, uh, and and let me know that, hey, they, they heard it on this podcast or that they're a veteran, uh, like, what, I, what I'd love to do is offer them, like, just a, a complimentary, there's no strings attached, 30-minute uh, Google coaching call where I'll just I'll walk them through where they are, you know, what are some of the mistakes that people make when they first start out, like, benefit from my years of, of stuffing things up mm-hmm. and, you know, and I'll point you in the right direction, give you some support, some coaching uh, mate, I'm, I'm just happy to do that in a in a way of giving back. Because if I can help you uh, establish your business and get you set up, then uh, I'm sure you'll go off to do some amazing things in the world. But you can reach me on LinkedIn. You can go to our, um, uh, our website, which is my five star reviews with the number five uh, in there. Um, or uh, yeah, just hit me up on Facebook. We've Facebook page there as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, see Facebook page. Stuff you can coming hit, through. hit us up. Hit us up there as well. Beauty, mate. Um, Carl
0: Sponsors, thanks very much for joining us, brother. Good luck in everything you're doing. And yeah, rock on another really successful veteran entrepreneur. Thanks for joining Axon's Unleashed, mate.
1: Thanks a lot. I enjoyed the day. Thanks,
0: buddy.